everybody and welcome to episode number 44 of the dual shockers shot cast i am your host logan moore joining me this week is once again tomas franzisi hey tomas hey everyone and also joining us for the first time on this podcast yeah the shot cast uh is none other than michael ruiz hey dude hey man what's up not too much on my end you and i have been playing destiny this afternoon that was kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we, uh, we got a note thing and stuff. So that was fun. Yeah. We've, uh, we've, we've got all kinds of stuff there. We've got a clan now you should join. It's called the mean clan. Uh, feel free to join that clan whenever those clans go live. Cause I know they're having problems with that right now. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about Destiny a, a little bit more here in a second, but of course the Shotcast is presented by dual shockers. Make sure that you continue to visit the website, check out our YouTube channel, uh, we've also got an awesome giveaway going on right now where we will be giving away a console of your choice, I think, uh, at the end of September. So you have through the end of the month to go and apply for that. If you have been on the website lately and you want to find out how to enter, look at literally the bottom of any article and you should be able to find the YouTube video that we have put up to coincide with the giveaway that we are doing. Um, so make sure you go find that because you could be entered to win a new console of your choice, including that fancy Xbox One X when that hits later this year um other thing i want to mention before we get too far into everything else for this episode um destiny 2 as i mentioned uh we might be doing something special with that um do you like giveaways out there listeners do you like winning free things well uh you might want to go ahead and listen to this here podcast because we're going to be doing something cool that involves Destiny and giveaways and maybe the Xbox One platform. Um, if you listen to this entire podcast, I'm not going to tell you when, but at some point we will be doing a giveaway of sorts for an Xbox One code for Destiny 2. Um, when that will be happening, I don't know. You don't know. It will just be a random thing that will occur. Um, so be sure to listen to the podcast and I will tell you how you can win an Xbox one code of destiny two for yourself. Um, I will give you guidelines when we get to that point, but that'll be later on in the show. Uh, what, let's talk about what we've been playing. Like we mentioned up front, like I've mentioned with already a couple times, destiny two is out as of today, the day we are recording this. Um, Tomas, have you played it? Or are you going to play it or do you have any interest where are you at with it uh with destiny 2 um i have not i don't have too much interest in the game and with college and everything going on right now i don't think i'd get it for maybe a couple months down the line but i mean the the reception seems pretty uh positive to it yeah so far so i might if it it's strong and it stays strong i might look into picking it up in the future so last week we had Noah Butner on the show who did our review in progress for Destiny 2 and he said some very positive things about it. He really enjoyed his time with it if that wasn't apparent from what he talked about on the show last week already. Um, he pretty much convinced me to get the game last week because I was 
I don't know. I, w- I think I was always going to get Destiny 2 and try it out again because, I, as I mentioned last week, I got Destiny 1 at launch. It did not click with me whatsoever, but I, I really wanted to give it a shot again. And uh, as I mentioned, Michael and myself have been playing it for probably like the last hour or two, something like that, Michael, probably. Yeah, last two yeah probably. Um, it's fun. Like The, the gunplay is as good as ever, but I can already see how... It seems meatier than the first one, which was always my problem I had with the first one. It just seemed very small. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. We've only put a couple hours into it, but uh, where are you at with it right now, Michael, from what you've played? And you have a little bit more of a background in the game, whereas I do not. Uh, I, I'm i liking what I'm playing. It's it's just more Destiny, honestly. There's, there's nothing more to it uh, except for... You're right, and the story seems a bit more meatier. It seems like they took they took what uh, they got from the Taken King, which I think was a really good like improvement for the first game. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, they took that kind of stuff and put it into the main game of this one. And I don't know, I'm enjoying it again. Like the writing is goofy, like the last one was, and we've been making fun of it the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, we. I mean, the gameplay is the same, good shooting from the last one like everything is pretty much the same it's just the content within it it seems like there's more uh and that was the one problem i had with destiny the first time around like beating the story was like five hours and this one seems a a lot longer maybe a bit longer i don't know we we only got like through an hour so i guess we'll see what happens i mean we the missions seem i don't want to say more fleshed out necessarily from what we've done so far because i was already making fun of like oh i bet this is the part where we click the button and then enemies attack and then that exact thing happens so i mean it is a shooter so it's not like super surprising that it would play like that um but yeah, I, I mean, just seeing how the map on Earth where we were twirling around seemed huge. Like, we were kind of, we were getting pretty across that landscape. And when I checked our map, I was like, oh, we have covered maybe a sixth of the map or something like that. Like, it, it seems a lot bigger than the last yeah. the last game's locations where you could get across. What was the opening area in the first game? The Russia, whatever Russia was called, I can't remember. Yeah, that place. <laughs> that was, like, super tiny. You could get from one end of that to the other fairly quickly, um, which I know was, like, not, like, one of the main areas. I mean, I guess it was a main area in the game, but it wasn't, like, I don't know. It was the opening area. But still, like, the landscape seemed bigger this time around, which is definitely nice. Yeah. Um, they, get, they, did, they had some visual improvements, too. Yeah. Like, uh, I thought the, the design... Like the art design for it was always really cool, and I think that in this one, it just like you were, while we were playing, you were talking about how like the the lighting in it was really good. And that's totally true. Like there, there's a lot of cool stuff as far as visually there too. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, Destiny Two seems good. Um, I'm enjoying it. Like I said, we'll probably spend more time in it tonight if I had to guess. Um, I've got to get a couple other things knocked out, but yeah, I'll probably bounce into it again tonight. Um, it's feeling. I don't know. Uh, I mentioned this to you, Michael, while we were playing, but I think I'm enjoying it just because it is so mindless in many ways. Uh, I've been playing so many serious, deep games lately, ranging from Hellblade to Pyre uh, to Nier Automata, like just a lot of philosophical, deep games that uh, have all been phenomenal in their own right, but they have definitely worn me down. So to just hop into Destiny and shoot things left and right for a couple hours at a time is really satisfying right now. And uh, this, 
this year has been pretty good for uh narratives and games. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say. Like even in uh genres like uh like Madden this year had a surprisingly <laughs> good story mode. Which like I never two years ago I wouldn't have ever thought I'd say that sentence. But uh like so I, I think they're starting to notice and even with like fighting games too. Mm-hmm. Uh Tekken Sevens wasn't that great, but uh Injustice Two had a like a DC movie quality, take that as you will, uh DC movie quality one. <laughs> so uh yeah, so I mean, I just I, they're getting their act together, I guess. Developers. Yeah, it's so, uh, just when it comes to story. I think I think it is uh, like like I said because of that. I think it's wearing on me though because it's taking me a longer time to process each game as I play it. Um, so I'm I'm trying to play as much as I possibly can, but it's really hard when I don't want to just be blowing through these things flippantly. And uh, I don't know, it just feels un- unjust to the games as I'm playing them, and I, I don't I don't want to play games like that. Um, but yeah, it's it's nice to space myself out and play some other things. Uh, what else have you guys been into lately? Because I've got a couple other things I can briefly mention, but we'll bounce to you guys first. Tomas, what else have you been into since you're not doing Destiny? Um, this week, I actually, like last week, I haven't been playing too, too much, but, uh, one thing I actually spent, like, a lot of time with that I wasn't even expecting was the, uh, Plague of Shadows campaign for, uh, Shovel Knight. Because mm-hmm. I had, uh, I had played the main campaign, and I really liked the game, and then, uh, because I have Treasure Trove on the Switch, and so this week, in like some spare time, I was just like, "Oh, I'll try out the Plague of Shadows," and I was surprised for like an it's very like detailed for the expansion because while it is technically like most of the same levels, like they structure it around uh, Plague Knight's like special abilities, and there's even some new like upgrade style things that they added. So it actually is like a like you, you can still tell it's like running off the same like engine and everything, but it actually functions like somewhat differently than a. Shovel Knight. And mm-hmm. They just announced the uh, third one too, like a uh, King, of King of Cards. Yeah, they just yeah, announced yeah. that so, last week, and that looks different too with like, the whole uh, card game aspect mm-hmm. to it. So, have you played? Uh, so, have you played Specter of Torment as well? Then, in addition, uh, a tiny bit, not as much as a uh, like. I went all the way through a uh, Plague of Shadows, but um, what, do, what do you think? Some, about, oh, what do you think? What are your, some of your early thoughts about it? Because I've heard Plague of Shadows actually. Uh, not not poorly reviewed or anything like that from most people, but I've heard that the Spectre Knight definitely feels better from a gameplay perspective. The um, the thing with uh Plague of uh Shadows um is that it's much you're you're not directly like digging a shovel knight or attacking a Spectre Knight. Like mm-hmm. you kinda have these you're dropping these vials and you kinda use the same like attack to give you a boost in the air, so it, it plays a little bit differently, a little bit more uh, methodically, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I think so. It's it's definitely quite different, which is what I said. Like, what it was I, I was uh, surprised by. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah um, that's something I've been meaning to get back into for a while because I have I bought shovel the base shovel knight game or whatever on uh, I guess 3ds and also eventually PS4 and Vita. Um, so that, and that was before they went to treasure trove. So the, that rules over for me as a customer who bought it before that. So I technically have access to plague of shadows and specter of torment and eventually king of cards as well. Um, I've just not gone back to any of them. Uh, shovel knight is great, but it just never clicked with me. It was, it was, it's one of those games that I'm like, I can look at this and I can play this and I objectively know this is a phenomenal game, but I just am not getting a ton of enjoyment out of it and uh that's with uh, me and animal crossing 
<laughs> my opinions. Like I've tried to play a new leaf several times and after like a couple of days I just like I can't anymore. Yeah. I don't know I don't even know why. So but then like I just see and like people adore those games. So it just doesn't click with me as well. Yeah, and, and that always like sucks more than Yeah. More than normal because like you know all the elements of the game are good and it's still just like I can't why isn't this not fun for me i i don't know why um those are those are some sucky feelings for sure um you've been into anything else then or are you just kind of bounce around uh, some old stuff that's mainly it uh the past like day i've been uh pl- i played a bit of a mirage arcane warfare because it actually had a because uh, <laughs> it's free day right today yeah yeah which i i had it before because i uh reviewed it and it's a kind of a shame what happened to that game because it actually is pretty fun, but the community just never was really like created for that game, so it struggled to keep servers up. So that's it like seems the, to be is doing that a, the uh, wait a minute? Am I getting? I think I'm thinking around another it's, one. It's uh, a spiritual successor of sorts to uh, chival- chivalry, uh, okay. medieval oh. warfare, where they had more uh, magical abilities. Okay, okay. I was thinking of uh, what is the one that came out last year where it was like a first-person shooter. With spellcasting abilities, does that sound familiar to you at all? It either came out a year or two years ago. Um, it's not Mirage, and we won't spend time trying to figure out what this dumb game is that I'm thinking of. But uh, yeah, I can't think of that. <laughs> something came out a few years ago, and I remember a friend of mine bought it as soon as it came out for like sixty bucks, and he's like, "This game is going to be like the surprise hit of the year, man!" And then like two days later, I think he like sold it to GameStop. He's like, "No, that game was not good," <laughs> and I'm like, well, <laughs> "That it was probably not a great decision." Um. Michael, what have you been into lately? Uh, I mean, we talked about Destiny 2, and, you know, I'm excited to try more stuff from that. But uh, I did play a lot of Madden recently. Okay. Uh, so uh, I played a bit of the... I mostly play franchise mode. That's, like, what I get the game for. I'm a boring person. I don't really do the Ultimate Team stuff. Although I did get into it this time around, and I'm really enjoying it. I don't know what from this one that I'm enjoying that wasn't in the last one, but I'm really enjoying the ultimate team mode thing in, in uh, the new Madden. And then I did play some of the story mode too. And I don't necessarily get why people are really in a, like really like it because it feels like it's just like football trivia and little mini games within a, within a narrative. And the narrative is okay. It's nothing like amazing or anything like that. Uh, but I don't know. It, it's fun, that's for sure, and I think it's something that with it, like next the next Madden or whatever like that. If they add that to that, then it'd be cool if they could progress from it. But this one in particular, I just wasn't really that like keen on. Really, there's it's, I don't know something there that I'm, I'm not really into. That is in like the NBA 2K games, which I really like, and I really like playing those story modes, even though the what was it? Not the last one, but I think the one before that. I hated the story. I thought the, the story was spiked, garbage. The was so spike, Spike Lee one? Yeah, dude. The Spike Lee oh, one was yeah. so bad, dude. It was so bad. But I did like playing it. Uh, what was that called? There was a name for that mode, too, and it's really bothering me that I can't remember it. It was uh, like the Journey or something. Something really... No, the, the Journey's the FIFA one. <laughs> oh, is that the FIFA one? Yeah. yeah. And Longshot is Madden. It, yeah, was well, sorry, it, was, it was something along those lines yeah where it was just <laughs> yeah. very like what okay yeah so yeah i mean I, I played a bit of madden again it's good it's madden uh 
And then I played, uh, I've been playing some Nidhogg, which I ended up reviewing, and I really dig it. I've played a bit with some friends. It's, it's a really fun game if you have friends, but it's totally not fun by yourself at all. Because yeah. uh, then it just becomes a time trial mode. Uh, so yeah, I, it's fun though. I remember we played that at PSX last year, and I wanted to pick it up, and I ended up reviewing it. And yeah, you gave really it good. A, you gave it an eight out of ten. Right? I gave it an yeah, I gave it an eight. Yeah, I've been, uh, I've been playing that this, a bit here and there with my brother as well. Super fun together, not fun solo or online. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, online is really like I had a really bad experience online. This just lag all the time, dude. Yeah, it, it was no good. Uh, and for a game that kind of requires some sort of precision uh it it was just not fun mm-hmm. uh for that game for me play, oh and i didn't play, play. oh i was just gonna say oh, sorry the, the, the one thing that uh kind of turned me off about nidhogg too is the uh visual style and because yeah. because i mean i understand they don't want to sound petty too and i see what like the kind of style they were going for but i don't know it just looks a little too like I I don't even know the word to describe it. It's just a little bit off-putting, I guess for me. Yeah, it's so it's yeah. pretty ugly, but um I think it works yeah. with what the game is strangely, and that's uh I don't know. Maybe maybe that's just me, but I I, th- I think it works with what the game is doing. And personally, I never dug the 8-bit style of the first Nidhogg. That was the turnoff to me with that. It was, um, well, it was like that due to the... It was like minimalist, where it was almost like it was just about the gameplay there. Mm-hmm. So it was basically, you just need to know, like, okay, that's two guys, you're in an arena. Yeah. And so I think... I understand with this game, they wanted it to be different outside of, like, the new weapons and stuff. So they were like, oh, we're going to do, like, this new visual style. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't necessarily agree what they came up with, but uh, it's... People seem to like it, so... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's real grimy. That's for sure. It's it's real gross. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Um, and then the last thing that I still haven't finished, I want to finish, is Hellblade. And when I first picked it up, I was like just not ready for what that game was going to be. And <laughs> I kind of have anxiety issues, so when I was playing it, I'm like, oh, I'm getting way too anxious for this thing. I gotta put it down. So I put it down for a little bit, and then I I came back to it. I'm really liking it. Uh, the combat is not great whatsoever but the story is really cool i'm I'm really digging what they're doing with the and the puzzle solving too like going through the different like portals i guess i don't know what it is yeah did you get to uh, that part is really interesting so i i'm really enjoying that too so you got to I the, actually yeah, yeah i'm i just beat the i guess somewhat spoilery stuff i just beat like the you the got to the person. you got to the tree stuff at least though so you've been, Wait, what? So you've been to the tree and done that stuff, at least. I, I think. Yeah, you, I, <laughs> I think, think you. Yeah. I think you have at this point. Oh I, yeah, when you go up and climb the tree. Yeah, yeah, I did that. Yeah. Okay. Tomas, uh, did you ever finish that? Where'd you get with uh, that? Yeah. Um. I actually kind of have to disagree with the combat a bit. I actually kind of like that. I know it's kind of simple and repetitive, but I don't. I think if that game had like an ultra complex like. Uh, fighting system it kind of would have like been a bit distracting and overwhelming especially with all yeah. those like, heavy themes it was trying to like press on yeah the player and i think too with like how it was like oh if you die uh even if it like how it basically says there's permadeath at the beginning of the game i think yeah. they kind of wanted it to be simple enough where you could feel like you could win you know what i mean yeah. so yeah 
I think it's as simple as it is for a reason, but I still think it's got good feedback. Yeah, that's yeah, one so of the, that's one of the strange sweet. things I've seen from uh, some other reviews about the game is that the reviews will say like, "Oh, I wish there wasn't combat in it at all," and I'm like, "Okay, that makes sense. Like, I, I can I can get that because it does kind of play like a walking simulator for most of the game." But uh, what I but it's what it's weird is when they say, "I wish there was no combat in the game," but in the comment that's there is bad as well because it's like, well, if you don't want combat, then I agree with you, Tom. Then wouldn't you want more streamlined, straightforward combat? Um, because if the elements of the game that you're wanting to focus on are the walking around the world and the, the focusing on the characters and, uh, the development of the narrative, that kind of stuff, if, if that's what you like about the game, then I agree with you that I think the combat should be very, not dumbed down, but just very much more straightforward. And that's how that, that's how it is in the game. Um, if there was a crazy Devil May Cry DMC type combo system in the game, like they've done in some of their past titles, um, then yeah, I definitely don't think it would have worked as well as it did. Um, would have taken me out of the story as well. I beat Hellblade a few weeks ago, and it's really good. But yeah, it yeah, just... it just felt it just felt a bit clunky for me. That was really the issue yeah. for it. It wasn't necessarily that it was simple. The other thing that like confuses me, and I'm not quite sure if it was for like cinematic or anything like that. I never know if I'm gonna die, <laughs> which like works for it and doesn't work for it. Because, you know, the, the entire time, like, I, I'm feeling, like, super anxious while I'm playing it. So, like, it seems like I'm going to die, and then I just, like, randomly tap something, and then I'm not dead. I'm like, oh, okay, and yeah, I'm well, alive, and then, yeah, I don't know. That happened to me one time, like, it was towards the very beginning of the game, where you're, like, balancing on, like, a log or something, and I couldn't tell <laughs> I was tipping over, and I thought it was just, like, a cinematic <laughs> thing. And then I just see Sanua, like, fall and scream to her death, and I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I freaked out. And then it was like I was like, oh, that was not supposed to happen, <laughs> and I felt yeah. like really guilty and stuff. It was, it was pretty yeah. funny in like retrospect, but it was kind of like scary at the moment. Yeah, same thing happened to me too. I was <laughs> I was like super confused. I was like, uh, oh, okay, and then I tried doing it. Again. I kept on that first log that you have to go across. Yeah. I died like three times because I did not understand. I'm like, is this actually using the six-axis thing? So I was like tilting my controller. I'm like, okay, this ain't working. And I'm, I thought I just had to go slower as I was going, but it turns out you just had to use your thumbstick to, <laughs> to rebound. Yeah. So that was one of those moments that made me feel like a, a real idiot when I was playing yeah. the game. It's I. It's a pretty like realistic and like gruesome death animation too. Like as you see her like falling, so... <laughs> It's, it's pretty messed up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it definitely is. That was, it was bad. But but yeah, I, I, Hellblade's real cool. Uh, I'm really enjoying it. I I just want to finish it really bad, and other things keep on getting in the way. Yeah, it, like I'm glad I finished that game in one sitting because it, it felt really good to me uh, to do that. But by the end of it, I was just mentally and physically drained um because of what that game is doing and uh you guys are both playing with headphones i know i told you to do that michael right yeah yeah i am did you do that as well tomas yeah for for the most part yeah especially in the the, it's amazing for the beginning yes especially yeah like yeah that i don't know that i think there's a name for the sequence but like as she's rolling in the like hell it's the opening titles sequence i guess yeah Yeah. whatever you want to call it yeah that opening cinematic I thought, I is thought it's for, yeah yeah it's uh it's really it gets it quickly gets you 
into the groove of what that game is going to be doing because when it first started happening in that opening i was like oh this is kind of annoying i i hope it stops soon <laughs> that does not stop the whole game and i was like, <laughs> that's, like that's the point yeah it's like that's t- the point like five minutes in, I was like, this is really jarring. Like, I'm like, this is very stressful to me. And then like 20 minutes in and it was still happening. I was like, oh, that's the point. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I think Hellblade's like one of the most well-designed games of the year. And um, Definitely. I'm, I'm interested to see where it ends up on people's game of the year list because I don't know if it's going to be. It's one of those things where it's like are we judging game of the year based entirely on like, this was my favorite game and that's it. Or is it like, Hey, let's look at some qualities. Like what if we were to say, is there a best game? Like, um, obviously you can't be objective in that way, but like most well-designed put together game. Like then I definitely think Hellblade is like on a very short list this year. And that is, we do have both. uh, We do have both Zelda and Mario this year though. Yeah. And those games always sweep rewards. And now it's competing with each other. We'll and Xenoblade. We'll I'm, see. I'm, I'm... Yeah, Xenoblade. Xenoblade, Xenoblade yeah. The, the game that you're convinced is releasing this year. We'll have to see. It'll be like the last <laughs> week of December, but it's coming out. <laughs> um, anything else you've been into, Michael? Last thing. I haven't played a lot of it, so I won't really go into detail. I played a little bit of Absolver, and it's like Kung Fu Dark Souls, kind of. <laughs> it's real cool. Uh, it's got a lot of style. Uh, it's very... I don't know how I feel about it because I love, hate Dark Souls. Like, I play Dark Souls, and I think it's a really good, well-designed game, and then I die too many times. I'm like, you know what? This is not for me. I'm putting it down, and I hate it. Uh, but Absolver is fun because uh, when I was playing, like a, some random guy just was like, oh, I'm going to help you out. And in this world, like, the people who show up on there, like the real people who show up on your map, could actually just kill you. Like, it doesn't matter. Uh, it's basically playing on a PvP server for World of Warcraft or something like that. So uh, I was just, me and this one guy were just mowing through people throughout the entire map, just like killing people. So that was really fun. Uh, but yeah, it's it's got a really interesting combo system. Uh, you learn attacks as people are attacking you. So like if somebody attacks you and they use the move consistently all the time and you block it successfully, and if you beat that person, you'll notice like a meter go up. And once the meter goes all the way up, then you can learn those combos or learn that move and then insert into a combo that kind of reminds me of the game Remember Me. Do you remember that game? Do you remember Remember Me? At all? That was uh, Life is Strange. I know of it, but I never played it. Yeah, Yeah, so in Remember Me, you were able to, like, make up your own combos and different combos would be more effective depending on what moves you would put in there. And Absolver kind of does the same thing a little bit. It's kind of more of a fighting game element almost in it like I, yeah. i've played absolver so i know i know what you're describing but yeah i mean and i know there's like distinct combos in fighting games but like how you can string those together into like these like huge combos i think that that can be transitioned to a number of genres in different ways and yeah i think absolver does that in like more of a 3d pvp environment yeah it's it's really cool i'm i'm really enjoying it i'll i'll probably play a little bit more later on once i'm done with playing the monster that is destiny 2 and then finishing hellblade but but yeah uh i'm i'm really enjoying it i think it's a really cool game uh i'm happy that it's been pretty successful for with devolver right now so that's cool it's definitely one on my list that i'm looking to check out before the end of the year 
as for if I will get to it, we'll see. Um, I don't know. I've got an eye on it, though, for sure. Um, as for myself, quick hits. Um, I will just run down some things. I played Pyre over the weekend. Pyre's pretty good. We gave it a 9.5. I like Pyre. I will just make it as short and sweet as that. Pyre's a pretty good game. Uh, I also played a little bit of Farpoint because I finally got the gun bundle. I only played through one level. Um, it's probably the prettiest PS of VR game I have seen so far. Um, controls really well. Made me a little sick with the movement, um, which sucks and made me want to put it down really quickly. But um, going to try to put more time into that one because I've been trying to make sure that I have more VR games to play. And there's... Luckily, a few coming out that I'm excited for, so um, I'll probably put some more time into that when I get the chance, because I have to be in the right mood for VR, and I can't be tired and all that other stuff. I don't know. VR is kind of a headache to set up and then also be in the mood for at times, so it's it's a, it's a little bit of a struggle every now and then. Um, in addition to that, I played the Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy. Yo, Crash Bandicoot is ass. Those games are awful. Worst game ever. Those games are freaking terrible. Terrible. Um, really? I have, I have, I'm not kidding. I have no connections to them as a kid. Uh, so I purchased this basically on just, oh, it's Crash Bandicoot. Everybody loves these games. And I tried to play them. Freaking oh. hate them. I, I, I have one question for you. Did you play a majority of one and only a couple levels of two and three? No. So I played one for a while. This one's the worst. I played one for one a while. Three. I played the most of one. I'll say that. I played it for like an hour, yeah, hour see, and a half. Yeah, that's the worst game. I so played, I played some time into two and three. I played, to, I played the entire <laughs> island of the first one. I was like, yo, this sucks. And everybody was like, yeah, you need to play two and three. So I only played two for about an hour. Still hated it. When I played three for like the first three levels, and I was like, yeah, this still sucks. Uh, those games are just, I think they suffer. The, the things that the positive things I can't say about two and three is I could definitely feel a control difference in Crash. Um, I could feel how he was a little bit tighter and how your moves were a little bit more uh, precise than they were in the first one. And the hitboxes and things like that were a little bit better. I can see how those two are better. Um, I still just don't like the level design whatsoever. And everybody's every when those games came out a couple months ago or in June, uh, when that collection came out, everybody's like, "Oh my gosh, I forgot how much Crash Bandicoot is hard like Dark Souls." Blah 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 blah. Dumb stuff like that. Um, it's not hard because it's necessarily hard. It's hard because the games are designed like garbage. And it, that's harsh to say. I know in um. 20 years ago, I don't think they were poorly designed games. Uh, now, I think they're very poorly designed games. And I, uh, g- Godspeed to anyone who platinums all three of those games on PlayStation 4 because I have no idea how you will do that. Uh, not because it's hard, but just because I played each of them for about an hour or so and immediately wanted to stop. Um, in fact, I took it to GameStop and I sold it and I purchased Yakuza Zero with that money, uh, which is another thing I've been dabbling in a little bit. But uh, I did not like Crash Bandicoot. And uh, what are your thoughts on Yakuza so far? So I've only played like an hour of it or so. Um, it's amazing. It's pretty freaking <laughs> oh, yeah, funny. Uh, I've never played a Yakuza game before. Uh, but it's emotional too. It's just so absurd, dude. And I love it. And like, (laughs) and I, but I knew that going into it. So like, 
10 minutes in, the tone was like so serious. I was like, come on, come on. When's this going to get weird? When's this going to get weird? And then like you meet two drunk dudes in an alley and you really start fist fight, <laughs> you start fist fighting them and you beat them up so badly that they become sober. And they're like, where are we? I don't remember coming to this alley. Who are you? And it's like, ah, yes, I beat the drunkness out of them. I'm like, what the heck is this game? <laughs> yeah, those games are great at like being super weird in one second. Like you're doing like, <laughs> Some weird, like, you're helping a dominatrix out, and then, like, in the next moment, it's, like, the struggle between two brothers and a yeah. gang war. <laughs> and it flows well. So. Yeah, like, and then and then the next second you're having, like, a serious conversation with your friend, he's like, how about some karaoke? And it's like, yeah, you know what? I'm down yeah. for some karaoke. Oh, and the karaoke. You sing, some, you sing a song, and then he's like, man, I did not know you were so sad when you sang karaoke. He's like, oh, I like to get serious. And just the tone <laughs> is so all over the place but it's funny because of that um mm-hmm. but you're right like when they do make it serious it's like you somehow still stay invested in it even though it's mm-hmm. counteracted by the strangest things um like where am i at or, or, or i got to the, I, i'm still like like i said only like an hour in um but oh, like yeah, the game opens for me the game opens up and like your dude i forget his name um beats some dude here yeah he beats the snot out of some dude and then that dude ends up turning up dead and he's like oh my gosh he's dead i'm like ah, I've, I've never killed anyone before blah, blah 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 i'm like yo we just beat people's heads against brick walls out in this back alley like five <laughs> minutes ago you want to tell me you've never killed anyone and like everybody in the town is like spazzing out because this one dude turned up dead and he's like oh my gosh there's been a murder in the town and it's like Yo, like we're beating the snot out of people with garbage cans, and I just found a milk bottle and I beat it to th- th- that dude's face in with it. Like, it's just so zany that you can't help but laugh while playing it. And the combat felt pretty good too, from the brief time that I've had with it. Um, yeah, once, once you get into the different combat styles and stuff, like you're you're super early on. Like, give it like ten more hours, and you'll be in the thick of like, both the like emotional parts and the gameplay, and yeah. it's really fun. Yeah get to that point yeah like i said that... pick up uh, the remake at some point yeah well that was the thing i almost bought yakuza kiwami and uh i've been wanting to get yakuza zero for a long time i think i've talked to you guys about that um but kiwami came out and i was like you know maybe i'll start there and uh i talked to some people and they're like yeah kiwami's really good um you should check that one out and then i had some other people who were like no you should check out zero first and i was like uh, you know, I have this Crash Bandicoot game. It freaking sucks. Uh, GameStop has given me $35 for it. I will just splurge and get the ex- more expensive one. So I got uh, zero instead. Um, and I'm enjoying it so far. And uh, I wanted I wanted to do see the 80s stuff. It, the 1988 Tokyo more so than I wanted to see the 90s and modern day stuff so uh i'm glad i'm glad i went with yakuza zero instead uh i'll, I'll probably continue i don't know if that's going to be anything i'm going to dedicate like all of my focus to but it might be something i start bouncing into periodically for like the next month or so yeah um, the the engine's a little outdated i mean or it's not really yakuza 6 of, is uh, completely new that's like the big oh, draw yeah, of that game right that, that engine was great i like the 20 minutes i played at e3 just like it's like all your small UI problems with Zero, how there's like a ton of loading screens and it yeah. feels a bit segmented. Like, Six is basically completely open for the most part. Like, stands a couple menus when you're stuff. Uh, but, <laughs> but yeah, so 
that's why I was surprised. I guess their new uh, Fist of the North Star game is running on the like zero and uh, like remake engine, so which yeah. I found was a little weird and disappointing. Yeah, because I'm wondering. I know that's weaker, but do we know if Yakuza yeah. Kiwami Two is going to run on the six engine? Um, I don't know if they said that yet. Because six is already out in Japan, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, so if Kiwami 1 is running off of the Zero engine and 6 is out, then Kiwami 2 you'd think would run on the 6, but I'm not certain about that. Um, I would lean towards yes, but don't take my word for it because I do not I know anything about these games. Um, yeah, Yakuza is cool. I'm glad I'm finally playing it. Um, yeah, it's it's in the Yakuza 6's engine. Okay, cool. That's what I thought. Um, yeah, I like that game though. I will. I look forward to playing more of it whenever that will be. Um, let's get into. So we're gonna do things a little bit differently. Uh, normally we do news. Uh, we're going to touch on some newsworthy things, but news is by no means going to be the main part of the show this week. Um, so the only thing we really need to touch on here is that PAX West. What PAX West was a thing that happened. Uh, some call it PAX West. Um, I call it that. Uh, we had uh, Jordan Leffler. Yes, Jordan Leffler was the one from our site who attended PAX West. Uh, and he has been putting up loads of coverage um, from the th- four days he was at the show, uh, which you may have been reading up on the site. Uh, we have a variety of interviews with a bunch of different developers. Um, the biggest one is with, uh, is it Tabata from Final Fantasy Fifteen? Is that his last name? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we had an yes. interview with Tabata about Final Fantasy Fifteen, both uh, kind of a debrief about the game's release last year as well as uh, some of the new things like the Assassin's Creed DLC that is coming to the game in addition to the Pocket Edition that they uh, recently announced for mobile devices. Uh, we touch on all different things Final Fantasy XV. It is a massive interview with a ton of worthwhile information. Um, if you are a Final Fantasy XV fan, which I think a lot of our readers and listeners are, um, it would definitely, you should definitely check that out. Um, I think there's a lot of good stuff in that interview and we were lucky to talk to Tabata. Um, other than that, I'm trying to think what, it, so Jordan has also got an interview with Suda51, which is not up yet, but that will be going up later this week. Um, he talks to him about Travis Strikes again. Uh, we've already broken out some news stories about that, about, uh, with Suda talking about, uh, the potential for that game staying on Switch or if he'll bring it to other consoles later. Um, so we've got some news stories that you may have already seen broken out from that interview up on the site. But that full interview should be up. I don't know what Jordan's plan is for that, but I want to say later this week is what he's aiming for. Um, keep an eye out for that. Once this once this episode posts, which should, should be on the 7th of September, uh, just keep an eye out for over the next few days and i'm sure we'll have that up soon he's also got a preview up for the evil within 2 um is there anything else that i'm missing right now that he has up that either of you can remember uh i can't think of anything but one thing i wanted to touch on from the uh final fantasy 15 interview was uh his comment on the switch version yeah where he stated that that they uh i actually don't think much real work on it has begun like outside of the like concept stage because they tested out the luminous engine on the switch and they said it didn't like 
do as well. Like when I mean, and they didn't do any optimization or anything, so it's not like oh, the switch is too weak. It's just not optimized yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, but he also didn't say get the pocket version, which is pretty interesting and uh, unique in its own right. But it, it did seem to confirm that they are definitely looking into it. So I, I'd almost be curious to see if that's like a third kind of version. Yeah, and I know that a lot of their stuff's on a uh, Unreal Four now, and that's uh like uh usable on the Switch. So I'm wondering if we could get like uh some kind of project through that engine, or if they adjust uh the Luminous. Maybe they'll do engine. it in the vein of uh, World of Final Fantasy, where you got the chibi characters and stuff like that. That'll work. <laughs> Just do a I don't yeah screen but... for screen remake, except with chibi characters instead. That'll work out perfectly. Everybody will love <laughs> Noctis and the boys like that. That's uh, they kind of look like that in the mobile version, I guess. But uh... yeah, it's just it's interesting how you'll have that span from like the pocket editions, like for chibi graphics, to like the hundred and something gig yeah. like Windows version in like eight K or like four K. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jeez, dude. Game install sizes are going to be crazy. I mean, they're already getting kind of crazy, but I can't even imagine when it's going to be in, like, five to ten years. Like, some of those install sizes are going to be insane. But uh, storage will probably be cheaper by then, so who cares? Um, yeah, there's all kinds of PAX West stuff that Jordan is working his tail off to get up. Um, as I said, I'm sure more of it went up today. I'm sure more of it will go up the day this posts and i'm sure more of it will go up tomorrow um actually i'm not sure about any of those things but seeing how he's been working at this stuff that's what i would assume uh that stuff's going to continue to stagger out for the next few days so just keep an eye on it and as i said uh check out that final fantasy 15 interview if you have not already because there is so much good stuff in there um so since there's not a lot of news this week i wanted to talk to you guys uh this week we're gonna have a little topic of sorts this is uh not from any readers or anything like that or listeners i guess uh but if you want to submit a topic you can do so by joining the dual shockers discord group where we have a mailbox that you can send us questions and topics into and we will read them on the show and have a nice little discussion uh this week i wanted to simply ask you guys like who are some of your favorite developers in the industry if not your absolute favorite um this comes from me watching the double fine adventure documentary um, I don't know if either of you guys are familiar with it or have watched it yourselves, but it's the documentary series that uh, Double Fine created um, when they did the Broken Age Kickstarter, which happened all the way back in 2012 or 13. Um, it's been a while now at this point, as strange as that is, because it seems like it happened just yesterday. Um, it's a 20-part documentary detailing that that entire game's development and I watched it over the span of the last three or four days, and it's probably one of the more fascinating things I've seen covering the games industry in a really, really long time. Like, uh, I, I don't know. I, I love the stories of development, and to see a developer be so open about their process over a span of three years was fascinating. Um, if you have not watched it um, i think you should do so they have the entire thing up on their youtube channel you can find it if you look up double fine adventure um but yeah i've really always loved double fines games uh, psychonauts and brutal legend are two of my favorites i thought broken age was great as well um plus i like all their old adventure stuff like everything that studio has done even though grim fandango and day of the tentacle and all that stuff wasn't technically double fine uh everything that studio has ever put out i have found enjoyment from 
in some way or another, even if Tim Schafer is not the lead uh, director on the project. Um, I just think that studio is doing a lot of cool things, and I, they're into publishing now, which is also cool. And they're publishing all kinds of cool games. Uh, they've always been like a soft spot for me within this industry. While there's like some bigger AAA studios that I really appreciate, I think Double Fine is like one of my personal favorites. Um, enough about that, though. Where are you guys at? Um, who are some of your own personal favorites? Uh, games wise, Rocksteady. Okay. Not- let me down with the uh, Arkham trilogy. I know Arkham Knight has some complaints that fly around it, but it was still a very well-made game for what it was. And I think, and uh, Arkham City is one of my favorite games of all time. Same Arkham Asylum is very good. They really proved to I me actually... that they were a great studio when they put out uh, Arkham VR. I was like, okay, they have made a phenomenal yeah, VR and... game at this point. They're an amazing I haven't. Studio. Yeah, I haven't checked that out, but yeah, no, even with, like, I've heard good things about Arkham VR. Uh, it's something I really want to try out, and I almost went out and bought a VR uh, system for that, but yeah. I, I didn't. It was expensive. Um, but, yeah, no, that just proves that they're expanding, and the studio's at a really interesting point right now, because in their library, they have, like, a 2005 Cops and Robbers video game, and then, like, these, <laughs> like, four batman games that are like unrivaled like in the superhero game genre some of them in like the open world metroidvania style genre yeah uh so i'm very interested to see what that studio is doing next and i'll definitely be picking it up whether that's uh, affiliated with dc or not which you think it would be because they have the rights to use that stuff if i'm correct right because they are owned by warner bros Warner Brothers also has a variety of IPs. They could be yeah. working on an Animaniacs game, all we know. Um, There's the but, Harry Potter one that everybody's screaming yeah. for forever, which... Yeah, so I'm I'm interested in whatever that studio's doing, because they, they have a wide range of IP. They could create their own, uh, and so definitely one I'm going to keep an eye on. I don't know when we'd hear from them next, but... What do you personally hope from them? Because I know you love your DC Comics. I would like something in the DC universe, personally. Uh, whether that be... Personally, one thing I always thought that... This is kind of... goes a little bit away from their Rocksteady, but I always wanted to see some kind of multiplayer element, even though I'm not huge in those games, like where it could be like Batman and Robin like going through Gotham together, and it's like two players or something like that. So I'd love mm-hmm. to see them tackle some sort of multiplayer thing like that, and there, so there's that. And really, though, I don't have any concrete ideas myself. That's why I don't work at Rocksteady. But um, I'm, I'm just interested to see whatever they do next. Um, Michael, what are some of your... Just kidding. We're going to do the giveaway. So here's what uh-huh. you need to do. Destiny, Destiny 2 code for Xbox One. If... You want the Destiny 2 code that we mentioned at the start of the show. Um, I want you to go to our Dual Shockers Discord. I want you to go to the Shockcast mailbox tab. You need to tag me in the post, so at Logan. And I want you to say simply, all you have to say is simply the following phrase, and you will win yourself a Destiny 2 code for the Xbox One. I love the Shockcast! Exclamation point. If you do that... (laughs) 
and you are first. This is a this is a speed thing. So if you're listening to this first, uh, or the day it publishes, or very soon after, there is a good chance that this has not happened yet. If you're not a part of our Dual Shockers Discord, you can join. Uh, we, there is a join. T- uh, there is a join link that I will be putting in the post of this show up on the website. So if you see the Shotcast post go up on the website for episode number 44, you should be able to find a join link for our Discord in there. Join. Go to the Shotcast mailbox. Tag me. I love the Shotcast exclamation point. And I will be reaching out to you privately to give you, or maybe not me. Somebody will be reaching out to you privately to give you an Xbox One code for Destiny 2. You have the rules? Good luck. Which words are capitalized in that sentence? Um, you just you, <laughs> The capitalization does not matter. It will not be that, st- that much of a stickler. You got to tag me. I love the Shotcast exclamation point. In the Shotcast mailbox. Thank you for listening if you do so. Michael, what are some of your favorite developers? Uh, I would say that my all-time favorite developer would probably be id. Okay, uh, it's software. Uh, because Doom is probably like my favorite game of all time. Not not just last year's, but the the original Doom. I love last year's Doom. I think it's like one of the greatest games of all time. I absolutely enjoy that game. I adore it. But uh, Doom, like the original Doom, is one of my favorite games ever. I think it did a lot for that genre, or even its past one, Wolfenstein, which is also getting another sequel. Like they, anytime they had made something, I've just enjoyed it every single time. Even Rage, which, like, just I hated the ending so so much. But <laughs> that the up until then, like the shooting and everything about it, like exploring that world and everything like that, I really enjoyed it. Just that ending was garbage, but uh, I feel like they've always been the best at making a first-person shooter. Like I've, I've always thought that their shooting mechanics have always been better than anybody else's, and I enjoy first-person shooters a lot. Um, so yeah, I just think they've done a lot for the industry as well as made like incredible games. As far as just developers in general that I like, I mean, Nintendo's a real easy answer. <laughs> like, <laughs> like uh, I mean. I'm a really big Star Fox fan. I think that's I'm probably the only person who will Shut ever say up. that. <laughs> but, but like Star Fox is like one of my favorite is is my favorite Nintendo franchise. So like I I am very much an unabashed Star Fox fan, and I I hope that Star Fox Zero would come to the Switch, even though it was hot trash. But uh, Count yeah, down the days Nintendo's... of Star Fox Two. Oh yeah, uh, I don't know if I'm getting a Super <laughs> NES. <laughs> Because that pre-order stuff is stupid. Uh, the ROM yeah. will make its way online soon enough. I, yeah, I hope so. Because <laughs> I really want to play Star Fox 2 really bad. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Nintendo's a super easy answer. I mean, they make everything they make is freaking amazing. I, uh, super Mario World is like another one of my favorite games. I think it's just one of the greatest games ever made, just in general. So I I don't know. I, I would say them. And then probably lastly is uh, Housemark. I think Housemark is a really great developer uh i really enjoy arcade shooters a lot galaga is my favorite game of all time of anything next to doom so and logan could uh account for it since every time if we had gone drinking i would sit by a galaga cabinet with like a (laughs) whiskey and just play it until uh until we had to leave pretty much like so i'd play for like three straight hours anytime we play but uh yeah, I I just think that they 
are really good at capturing what was great about those games without making something that's so like tied to the nostalgia of it. Cause you know, next Machina and uh, Resogun are both games that I feel are modern I can't talk modernization modernization. Yeah. There's no extra syllable. <laughs> yeah. I can't talk, but yeah, uh, of those kinds of games like defender and uh, Robotron 2084, like I, Again, like those, I think are some of the best arcade classics, and they've made uh, good modern versions of those games. So it's just uh, the gameplay so tight with their yeah. their games. Like unlike yeah. any, like that's not saying everybody else is bad, but like unlike any other studio, like their gameplay is so perfect in just about every game they put out. Um, yeah, it's kind of the only one I've ever had a problem with was uh, Dead Nation. I was really not a big fan of that one. It I, felt very slow. And for games, when I, I mean, I played Resogun and uh, I played Resogun before I played that one actually. And coming back from that and then going to that one, I'm like, this is way too slow uh, yeah. and too dark. <laughs> so uh, I just didn't really get into it. But otherwise, every game that I played from them, just gameplay has always been their thing and they do a really good job at it. So I really enjoy them, most of the stuff that they put out at least. That's about it, I think. Um, yeah, like I, I don't know. I mean, there's so many, there's so many great developers in the industry, and even some of the ones that like get a lot of crap, uh, like the Ubisofts or something like that. Like Ubisoft yeah. is really solid, like in my book. And the thing I, the thing I was thinking about yesterday with Ubisoft too is, um, the variety of games that they have in their catalog is kind of astounding. Like they don't really. Well, there is the whole oh, it's a Ubisoft game type type of. Uh, I, I don't climb know. them towers. Yeah, like while while a lot of their games do get branded as uh, oh, it's just another Ubisoft game, bunch of stuff on the map, blah 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 blah. And well, I think that is kind of prevalent in like Watch Dogs and Assassin's Creed. Um, they also have like side-scrolling platformers with Rayman, and they have a. Um, first-person competitive shooter in uh, Rainbow Six Siege that everybody likes. They have a Destiny-style third-person shooting MMO-type game with The Division, which not a lot of people play anymore. Um, They just have a lot of breadth within their catalog of games, which I don't... Let's not say other other, uh, studios don't necessarily, but uh, it's kind of unparalleled with... Ubisoft. Of course, they are raking in more than enough money to be able to do that and branch out and have a lot of different projects. But uh, yeah, I, I, I was that was just something that was popping in my head yesterday because I think I wrote a news story that, about them or something like that. And I was like, you know, Ubisoft really like they create a ton of very different games that really no one else is doing, um, and that's I've I've always appreciated that from them. Um, something I wish that they kept on doing was making those UB art games. So when they did, yeah, they did child of light. Did they not mm-hmm. child yeah, of light and was... uh, valiant hearts? Like th- those were awesome games. Child of light is really great. And I would implore anybody to play that game. Cause I thought the writing was really fun and clever and the gameplay was really cool too. Um, so I-, I really wish that they did more games like that. Yeah. Um, well then that's you... actually a game I uh, hope comes to switch. Child yeah, of Light. Be, I, I think it'd be good because I own that on the uh, Wii U, and really liked it there for playing it on the tablet. Yeah, actually with that system. So, uh, yeah, that's actually if you're listening, Ubisoft. Uh, 
something I'd like to see. If you're listening, Yves Guimont, please bring, <laughs> yeah. please bring it to the Switch. Uh, but um, yeah, they also have like Steep coming to the Switch. But I saw something where like they're just kind of working on the frame rate right now, and that's why we haven't heard anything on it since yeah. January. Um, but it's just in the back of like my mind. Been this like, oh, I want to get that when it comes to Switch, and. Just nothing on it. The astounding thing about them, too, and this is getting a little bit more into the weeds with, like, financials and stuff like that, but all of their games, almost all of them, always turn a profit. Um, Even the ones that get, like, really negative feedback from at least, like, the internet at large, or it's like, oh, The Crew, that's a sucky racing game. No, dude, The Crew had, like, 12 million players lifetime or something crazy like that. Um, You mentioned Steep, which seemed like it just came out, and that... It just came out one day and no one ever touched it. Nah, Steep turned to profit for them. Like, the games in their catalog that even seem, like, smaller when they release, and it's like, why is Ubisoft doing this? Why are they wasting resources to do this? Like, they end up making them money in the end, which is um, pretty pretty crazy when you think about it, I guess. They're just calculated moves. I think they – I mean, the internet's the internet, but – there's also a lot of people that aren't as active on yeah, the internet yeah, that I buy think, games. Yeah, I so agree. So people don't notice that there's like a group of people who'd be interested in games like Steep or The Crew, mm-hmm. like car fanatics, like extreme sports fanatics that may not necessarily be on like the, the gaming parts of Reddit or yeah. something or wherever. So at large, the uh, like in these chat rooms, so the internet doesn't think anybody's interested in it. But I think they just kind of can tell, like, especially with Steep, because there hadn't been an SSX game or anything like that in a couple of years. The I last know, one, like, Sean White snowboarding or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Like, I know Criterion was working on something, but they, like, canceled it to work on Star Wars. But, um... I'm, I'm fine with that, sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Space so good. Um, but, yeah, so I think they kind of saw that, like, oh, this is a niche that needs to be filled, even if it's not super vocal. Vocal. And something like that hasn't been tapped in a while, so I think they were able to tap that successfully. And uh, Ubisoft tapped. They that do that sure. with all. And then like South Park yeah. has a massive fan, fan base. Yeah, that I forgot about South Park. Park. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I think they they just it's pretty varied. And I know twenty four, excuse me, uh, twenty fourteen I think was a really bad year for them because they had like Far Cry Four, Assassin's Creed, and uh, Watch Dogs, which were all kind of at their skeletons very similar Uh games that year so it kind of set up this like oh this is what an ubisoft game is when it's kind of the service because in that same year i think we uh came out that year too which is one of their better recent games which one so uh child of light oh yeah yeah Yeah, so it's i think they had a bad year because i remember before 2014 like especially after like watchdogs i mean due to the I know there's a huge controversy around that due to the, like, hype that game build up. People, like, loved Ubisoft, I remember, in, like, 2012, 2013. And then, like, 2014 hit, and then they all of a sudden just had this, like, really negative name. And, I mean, it it was justifiable in some senses, but I think people do kind of look at their games a bit harsher. Yeah, I I agree with you, just because of the scale of the... I I think they get a lot of unnecessary criticism just because of the size and the scale of their company sometimes. Um but yeah, as I as I said, like just so many different. Ga- I mean, Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle, yep. a strategy game featuring Mario, Luigi, Peach, and Yoshi. Like, you would never think a game like that would get made, and somehow they did. And not only that, but it is a freaking good game on top of that. 
Um, yeah. They 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 have just really they yeah I agree with you. I, I think if they were to have a bad year or low year, twenty fourteen was definitely that year. Um, they have been on an upswing since then, though. Um, yeah, like even on a personal level, like Assassin's Creed Origins is one of my most anticipated games for the rest of the year. Like I would, I played that for like twenty or thirty minutes at E three, and I've been sold on that game and just hyped out of my mind for it since then. So, uh, very excited for that. I want to shift the conversation quickly. Um, we've talked about some of our favorites, and we we don't have to get into too heated of a debate. But I'm curious just to see. We don't have to crown one the winner here. But if you were to say the best developer, not necessarily your favorite, but the one you think stands above the rest in the industry, the developer who consistently sets the bar, who do you think it is? And to make things a bit easier, I have a short list here, and I want you guys to see what you Uh. think here. Uh, Nintendo, obviously. Naughty Dog. Rockstar. Blizzard. And this is the I put this fifth one oh, on there. Oh, I totally forgot about Blizzard. I put dude. the fifth one on here, and I, I think we can probably take them off at this point in time, uh, even though their track record is unreal. Uh, Valve would Valve nope. still be up there? No, nope. like, they don't no, make they're, games. They're <laughs> they don't make games anymore. <laughs> um, I think yeah, they don't. They make like updates for their games. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I honestly have to say, like. I can see arguments for the other ones, but Nintendo, I don't mean to sound like a fanboy because I'm not. The Xbox was my first home console. Um, but did but you have a game? Nintendo. I, yeah, but that's <laughs> I, I actually played a bunch of movie tie-ins on it. Like I wasn't even playing the Nintendo stuff for a while <laughs> on that, like until I had an Xbox. But um, it's Nintendo just to me, ever since the 1980s, say what you will about their business practices from... Super Mario Brothers to Breath of the Wild, they're innovating. And while they're they're not without their bad games, they have their underwhelming like Ultra uh Ultra Smash and uh like Yoshi's New Island, which are subpar titles, but I just think it Nintendo one one thing I've always loved about them is that even if their systems don't have a ton of games, like with the Wii U, I liked a lot of the first party wii u titles that they put out on there yeah. and even otherwise like they find ways to innovate on every console and everything they do so while blizzard may sell a ton uh and rockstar has gta which set the stage for open world games which uh nintendo actually uh <laughs> strangely done uh, yeah they, they kind of caused a uh, grand theft auto 3 i remember i watched a video where they kind of talked about it where uh Body Harvest was this game from a uh, what became Rockstar on the 64, yeah. then the Nintendo 64, and it was like this open world game. And Nintendo kind of didn't want them to do that on the system, so they ended up like splitting off and getting it published elsewhere. But uh, yeah. But so it's kind of funny because Nintendo almost had a hand in creating that genre too. And so Rockstar is very influential. I mean, all those companies you uh stated were have been very influential but honestly nintendo just from the start till now like this year even they've proven that like they can still innovate which is why i'd say they're probably the best game developer without i mean and i know that sounds a bit fanboyish no i don't think it's i I I mean there's a great case to be made for nintendo that's why i put them on that list it's it's quality like most a majority of their titles no, no company's purpose perfect but uh 
I just think with the majority of the titles, like that uh, Nintendo Seal quality, it, like, is there for a reason. Yeah, like, that was the one thing I was going to say, is that I think I think the reason why, and we feel free to add some more to this list as well, if there's any that, like, these were just the ones that came off the top of my head when I was just thinking here quickly. Um, I think it just depends on what you value as well, like, as a gamer. Like, uh, I, yes. I do agree with you, like, the quality thing with Nintendo. Like, their games come out, and they are nearly perfect still in an age yeah. where day one patches are like so common. That's not to say they don't ever put out a patch or anything like that. But uh, like when their games ship, they are like complete games that have been so finely crafted from top to bottom um, that, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think the quality is what sets Nintendo apart and puts them on like a short list. Um, the only negative I would say about them is that when they have a bad game, they have a very bad game. Uh, like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Maybe that's unfair. But I'm, Yoshi's I'm, New I, Island was I'm, very I'm thinking bad. of things like I'll Metroid Federation Force, where it's like when people or, don't like a game, they do not like a game that Nintendo Federation put out. Force was a fine game. It just was not the right Metroid game <clears throat> for yeah. that time period. Yeah, like, I agree I think you. if they, if Samus Returns came out and Metroid Prime 4 was announced, like, before Federation Force, people would have been fine. But due to the fact that, like, and Federation Force is also a title, I think, in retrospect, maybe in, like, it may not even be for, like, 10 years if, like, gaming is still exists then. Who knows? Um, but... Or better. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I hope jobs. so. I just, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, yeah. uh, but I think it's something people are going to look back on, and it's kind of almost like Resident Evil 5, in a sense, where it's, like, this co-op... Uh, focused game that's pretty different from the rest of the series and it's kind of bad if you're yeah. comparing it to like other like but it's competent and fine in its own right it just came out at a really bad time for it to be like the first metroid uh game in six years after other m which wasn't yeah. received that well and then they're like oh here's a multiplayer game without samus with a really weird art style and a rocket league-esque <laughs> multiplayer mode yeah, like I think people were just kind of like, uh, "Where's Metroid Prime?" 4? Yeah, that game just got Sadly, a lot of. Un- but, uh, I don't know. Yeah, maybe their games so got a, and maybe their games don't bottom oh, out as bad as I was saying. But yeah, and like I said too, I mean, even to prove I'm not a fanboy, uh, I gave Metopia five point five. I don't think that was a particularly <laughs> no one uh, you're, good no one game. You're a fanboy to say Nintendo. No, I, no. but uh, yeah. So it's just like like you said, when Nintendo puts out a bad game, they do they can miss the mark pretty bad like they did for me with uh metopia it's just yeah i think it's more of like a yoshi's new island it's more of like just a they aren't reading their consumers type thing which i think is a grievance with them but that's but separate but for every development of the games i guess i don't know no for every metopia they have like a zelda breath of the wild in the same year you know what i mean (laughs) yeah they counterbalance pretty well i yeah i think the nintendo quality is what stands out for blizzard it's like they keep creating like these massive properties that have legs for <laughs> decades. The, like the problem with Blizzard yeah. is that they never like make anything revolutionary. They just kind of innovate on something else. So that's why I wouldn't say them. Yeah. Uh, Cause, but I think they take like the two spot, honestly, yeah. uh, what, because, their qualities. Because, yeah. Yeah. They what, just, bliss, oh, you can sorry. go. Sorry. <laughs> so I, I just feel like that they make games that, kind of go beyond just gaming like you could go up to anybody and 
anybody would know what World of Warcraft is or what Overwatch is now. They might not know what StarCraft or Diablo is, but they'll definitely know what those two are, like the yeah uh, World of Warcraft and stuff. So I, I just feel like that they've made games that, I guess like Rockstar, which is GTA though, like they, they make games that are just go beyond just the gaming fan base and people mm-hmm. outside of that would know. Uh, and they're really good. And they're not just like these games that are just well known. They are really good games. I, I played World of Warcraft for way too long, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, like I, I think Blizzard would get the number two spot. I'm with you. Like Nintendo's number one for me. So, and I'm kind of fanboyish, but I <laughs> will say that like everything that or most of everything that they've put out, like I feel like is solid. I. I I feel like every year they come out with at least like one or two solid games, no matter what. Yeah. And I will, and as Tomas pointed out too, like they have the track record that goes back 30 years at this point. So I think it's easier to look at their breadth of work over that span of time and be like, Oh, Nintendo, obviously where some of these studios have only been making games for yeah, 10, 15, 20 years, something like that. Yeah. Um, not naughty dog on the list. Like, I used well, they to, make I Crash used... Bandicoot though. I, yeah, I they... think. Yeah, <laughs> Naughty Dog. Uh, I think it depends just, on how much like... weight you put on narrative in games. If you want to make a case for Naughty Dog, because uh, their writing is unparalleled. Like, while I had problems with the Lost Legacy, the writing was not amongst many of the, or not many, amongst some of the issues that I had with that game. Like, they are phenomenal storytellers over there. I think they make good games. I think if we're talking like best of all time though they they don't i don't think they have enough of the innovation on their part like i know uncharted brought a ton of the to the table so did jack and daxter with its like large world and so they usually come with like these one huge new interesting elements uh new interesting element with uh each of their franchises that they like begin and they're all super high quality so like nintendo they're pretty like there hasn't really been a bad game from naughty dog unless you're logan who thinks the crash bandicoot games are bad (laughs) they're Um, bad (laughs) yeah (laughs) but uh so i do i do think they're up there i just don't know if i'd put them with a nintendo and even as someone who has never really gotten into a blizzard game i do recognize blizzard still up on that level and even rockstar is up on that level in my opinion too even though i have some complaints with their games but uh so naughty dog i think from like like you said narrative they're super important i don't know if i'd say best of all time yeah, yeah. Like, I think you can I mean, make. Go ahead. Michael. I feel like you can make a case for like Bioware for narrative too. Yeah, I don't think you. I don't think you. Can I think anymore. I think for like early on, like yeah, before, yes, right there with you. You yeah. know, like making that a thing in games. I think they are one of those ones that mm-hmm. yeah, definitely stand out. Yeah, Kotor and yeah, I think I think I, they're I I, Empire. So I mean, <laughs> I would say that too. And, I think they're one of the most important developers yeah. in the history of the games industry. Um. I just think as of 2017 right now, when we're having well, this yeah, conversation, that's a, that's a we unfortunately cannot say they're the best in the industry right now. We'll see when Anthem comes out. Yeah, we'll see when Anthem <laughs> yeah. blows the world up uh, with whatever that game's going to be doing. Um, I don't know. Is there anything else? I mean, you mentioned Bioware there. Uh, I mean, I, I, there was a couple that came across my mind, like uh, Bethesda Game Studios, but I was not a fan of Fallout 4. Um, so Bethesda? Also... Publishes pretty glitchy games. Like when uh, you brought this topic up to me, like before the we started recording, I thought about them initially because they do make some pretty great games. Like Skyrim did set the standard for a lot of open world games. Yeah, but uh, I think their games also 
are just more important for what they do. And like, yeah, Sky, Skyrim hasn't aged amazingly. Fallout yeah. Four, in my opinion, is actually pretty similar to Skyrim in a lot of ways. Like just in like the basic setup, like when when you break it down to like the bare minimum, yeah. I think it's pretty similar. And so when I hear all these people that are like, "Oh, Fallout Four sucks," but they're still lauding. Uh, Skyrim, I just kind of find that like I think Skyrim's a and like it was an amazing game for 2011. I think in 2017, it might not be as significant. Whereas, uh, one thing too is, uh, I think Batman Arkham City holds up a tad bit better. I think it did a lot for open world games too. So, because it was a tighter uh, world, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. um. But uh, so so I do recognize how important Bethesda is. I just think they're a little spotty with their like the state of their games at launch because Skyrim is buggy. Yeah, as, like all heck. Um, and Fallout Four had its fair share of glitches. And then even recently, they're doing some more controversial things with like paid mods in the Creation Club. Yeah, which that that could be a whole podcast on its own about that. But um, yeah. So I just I think that they have enough controversy surrounding them where it knock them down. From yeah. the list, but they, they they are still. I mean, everyone we've talked about here, even a uh, Ninja Theory with Hellblade, I think they're a good developer too. But uh, I I'd probably have to stick with Nintendo for my top choice still. Yeah, I I think uh, yeah. When examining it, I I think I'm 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 good with saying Nintendo. So there we go. Dual Shockers, uh, best game developer ever or uh, as of right now, or whenever this po- random topic was decided, is Nintendo. <laughs> Congratulations to Reggie Fizeme and uh, Kimishima and the rest of the guys over at uh, Nintendo. We will send the award in the mail. Um, that's yep. never going to happen. I made uh, the trophy in my backyard, so it's all ready to go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll ship it to uh, yeah. Miyamoto's house. <laughs> yeah, I know, his, I know his address. So 1-800-JAPAN. Is what it is. One eight hundred Japan. I thought it was. I thought it was uh, four, fourteen forty uh, Mushroom Kingdom Avenue. Uh, uh, I thought that's what it was. No, that was his prior residence. He's not there anymore. Oh, that's that sucks. He's, mm-hmm. That was a nice place. Um, He's on a Wii U Street now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's move into new releases and then we are going to get the heck out of here. It's already late in the week uh, by the time this goes up, so you should probably know. What has already come out this week, if you are interested. So it's probably a little bit redundant to even go over this. But, uh, guys, uh, we got to talk about that NAC 2 that's out. Uh, NAC 2 is a Yeah, game. that's the only game of this week with any relevance. <laughs> it is the only uh, game that is out this week. Uh, get in on the NAC shit, <laughs> as I like to yeah. say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, you see, the NAC games are the, the, the epitome of missed potential. <laughs> have, you played, have you played the second one? Because I like, legitimately no. want to play but, Knack two. The second one just looks like a more polished version of the uh, first one, which the the fact of a platformer with a character that is made up of a bunch of individual parts, there there is so much you could do with that that I feel like they're just like oh you can be small, medium, or large, but um and they just break it down to that. Knack two seems to be doing a little bit more where you can like kind of like change your size a bit more frequently. Yeah, but. Like, I almost think the game would function better if, like, and I know, like, I don't even know if the PS4, like, technologically could handle this. But, too like, much knack for the PS4 yeah. Pro. <laughs> but, yeah, 
just like if the, the environment could create him. And I just think if it was a lot more dynamic in how he was built mm-hmm. and he instead of like kind of punching, instead these, of punching a box and said, getting new yeah. bricks attached to your character or whatever yeah. those dumb things mm-hmm. are that like, Nick's made up of. Like imagine a Lego game kind of like that. That's almost what I think like a Lego game could be like, if it's not Minecraft, it's, like I think between Minecraft and Knack, you have a good game. Is what I'm trying <laughs> just, to say. Yeah, uh, just that very narrow gap between those two games. Just find find a way to right. merge those two together, and you'll have a great great Knack. You can uh, quote me on. <laughs> I, I think I I like legit. Do you want to play Knack too? And I have no idea why. Uh, I will at some point. Me and my friend have agreed to play through it together in co-op mode. Uh, I hear so, that's good. So uh, we'll see how that is. Um, I will <laughs> maybe talk about that if I do that within the next few weeks on the podcast. Uh, speaking of Legos, Lego Worlds is out on the Nintendo Switch as of uh, Tuesday. So that is in stores huh. now. Uh, the day we are recording this, Destiny 2 is out, of course, as we mentioned, on PS4 and Xbox One. Never uh, heard of it. Yeah, uh, whatever that is. Uh, PC versions next month. Don't know the exact date. but uh, The 24th? Sure, we'll go with that. Uh, it is the twenty fourth. Uh, Michael's uh, the Rain Man of video game release oh, dates. Rain. Uh, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad. Thing. <laughs> uh, so Destiny Two is out today. Check that out. And then, really, the only other big thing that is out this week is a Friday release on the Nintendo 3DS for Monster Hunter Stories. Uh, I don't know if this is on either of your guys' radar. As I am not a Monster Hunter guy, this also seems to be a very different type of Monster Hunter. Um, it's more kind of... It's kind of a mix between Monster Hunter and Pokemon, I guess is the best yeah. way to put it. And I know you're kind of discrediting parts of the games, Um, but when when you make that statement, but I do... It looks interesting. Like, like I think I mentioned this last week, uh... Monster Hunter is a game, I uh, is a series I've always wanted to get into. Yeah. So like I, in in that vein, I've had an interest in stories. Probably won't pick it up, we but should, I could see. We should it both start with World. Scratching that up. World, yeah, world, world needs and then, to be our start. Yeah, I think for both you and I. Yeah, you know, I'll so. probably do World and then uh, Double Cross if it comes to Switch in the West, and then uh, stories. I guess so. This time next year. Come back to this conversation. Maybe Come back uh, 52 episodes from now. What will that be? Shock cast episode number uh, 96. Come back and listen <laughs> to that one. And uh, we'll, we'll tell you about how we feel about Monster Hunter. Um, pick the oh, week. And, uh, no, go ahead. Go Uta Warrior Umano, Mask of Truth. I probably oh. butchered that. Um, came out this week. I think uh, Azario reviewed that. In, oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. The... He did earlier in the week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, thank so, you for mentioning it, the it Japanese that games. Uh, that I'm so yeah, there's more Japanese games because Rosario isn't here this week. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm looking out for you guys. Uh, but <laughs> but yeah, so I'd probably say Destiny Two. Destiny Two is the big release the of the highlight. week, probably. Yeah, e- even as someone who has like almost like no, like or no, I wouldn't say almost no interest, but like not a huge like substantial interest in it. Yeah. I'd probably say Destiny Two and then Knack Two for the memes. Uh. <laughs> we should get a bunch of games and, out next week as well. Not to not to take a peek into it. next week, but uh, don't oh, spoil yeah. it. Three big Friday releases next week as well. Uh, oh, we, Rayman's next week. Rayman on Switch is next week. We also got Metroid: Samus Returns on Friday, as well as NHL 18 on Friday, as well as Dishonored spinoff Death of the Outsider on Friday. Three big Friday oh, and, releases. Uh, Dang. And Divinity: Original Sin 2, which for the uh, 
the PC not, crowd. Yeah. Pretty big. So uh, we've also just talked about next week's releases, which I'm sure we'll restate <laughs> again next week. Pick the week has got to be Destiny 2. Yeah. Um, oh, and then the week after that's uh, Marvel versus Capcom Infinite. And then the uh, the week after that is uh, Cuphead. And then the uh, week after that is uh, Shadow of War. And then the week after that is... WWE 2K17. That's somewhere in there. Yeah, it's... I think it's the week after that one. <laughs> We're coming up on a lot of good stuff. Uh, this is really the official kickoff of the fall season, I think. Um, while there was oh, yeah. a lot of big releases in August, surprisingly, like we were having some crazy big weeks there for a while. Um, getting a triple A behemoth like Destiny 2, I think, really marks the beginning of the fall season. So uh, get your I... fingers ready to type those reviews, you guys. <laughs> I'd honestly, I'd put it at a Hellblade. I'd say probably started. Probably. Uh, I always thought it was Madden. Yeah. Yeah, Madden is kind of always the real kickoff, pun intended. Because (laughs) at least this year, you had Hellblade, and then Agents of Mayhem, uh, Nidhogg 2, Sonic Mania, like Undertale, all these huge games I think kind of followed. August was huge, dude. Yeah, I I agree with you. I'd say that's when the fall season started. It'll probably go until Xenoblade 2, because I don't expect that to come out till like, December. Uh, and then January picks coming up. Out this year, though. Is January immediately, okay. like, Nino Kuni 2, Revenant Kingdom? Is that January yeah. or February? Yeah. I think that's it's January January February. supposed to be November. It's January 10th, I want to say. Okay. Uh, yeah, so it doesn't yeah. stop. So that... <laughs> Never so, this train's going yeah. full full steam ahead into 2018. Honestly, so. yeah, the beginning of this year was surprisingly strong, like compared to most. Like this year's been honestly amazing for games. It's been, I think, one the, of the best ever. I think, yeah. yeah. And I think June was probably the low point. June and like early July was like the, or not the low point, but like the lull. But even then, not, you had not like for us. You and I were at E3. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no, no. But I'm saying, but yeah, for me at least, like yeah, I no, I agree. I'm, I'm talking yeah. about like game releases. But no, yeah, I, you had I Metroid Prime Four too, which kind of made the whole summer. But uh, or Metroid Prime Four, excuse me. Like you had some bombshells from E3. So yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Yeah. I'm just, I was just joking, saying <laughs> the one lull month is when we had to go out to LA and play everything. <laughs> yeah, uh, which was a, a ton of fun. Yeah. So for me too, I didn't even I barely noticed that lull too because I was so busy with like E3 stuff afterwards. Yeah, exactly. We finally got By a chance to breathe gone, and it like... was like, "Oh, uh what's out in July?" There was all kinds of stuff. Um yeah. let's get out of here. Um again, thank you for listening to the Shotcast episode number 44. As always, you can head over to dualshockers.com to find all of our reviews, previews, interviews, all that other good stuff we got going on. Check out all our PAX West coverage <laughs> as well as our review in progress for Destiny 2 if you're into that kind of thing. Uh you and can... the giveaway and the giveaway, which I mentioned, but where did I mention this episode? No one will know unless you listen to the whole episode. Uh, seriously, even if you uh, just join the Discord, drop us a question or a topic in the mailbox, as I said, and we'll run over it next episode as well. Join the Discord regardless. Even if somebody's already won the prize, hop in there. Have some fun. Talk to us about video games. It's a good time. Um, you can also find us on the Twitters you can follow Dual Shockers at Dual Shockers to follow all of our articles and all kinds of other fun stuff we got going on over there. You can follow Tomas. He is at BarkingGecko99. You can follow Michael. He is at M. No, he's at Super underscore Ruse. And then you can follow me. I am at Moreman12. Uh, so, yeah. Follow us all those places. Join our Discord. All that good stuff I already said. Uh, thanks so much you to Tomas and Michael for joining me this week on the Shotcast. We will be back next week with episode number 45. Until then, play some games, have some fun, and enjoy your week.
See you next time.